Even when you try to maintain a healthy diet, it can be tough to get all of the nutrients you need for long-term health. Care of makes it super easy and even fun to figure out what vitamins and supplements are best for your diet and lifestyle. Go to takecareof.com and take a short quiz to get your personalized vitamin recommendation. Use offer code AMR at checkout for 50% off your first month of vitamins. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. And this is Dimity, and I'm doing my gonna fly now Rocky arms, right? We're getting ready. We're getting ready. Because why, Sarah? Because this is the 100th episode of Another Mother Runner. How wow. exciting and thrilling and, oh my gosh, we never thought we'd get here. And Dimity, this means like we could be like syndicated, like Modern Family or Sex in the City <laughs> or something, right? We're going to be on TNT now. Uh, yeah, watch out, Julie Bowen and um, Sarah Jessica Parker. We're coming after you, so watch out. Better start running in those Manolo Blahniks. Right. No, it's funny. It makes you kind of think of a 100-mile race. Like, you're like, you know, if, if you would have told me at mile two that we were going to do a or the second episode that we were going to do a 100 of these puppies, I would be like, um, yeah, and what are you smoking? And get off of it. And, um, and meanwhile, here we are, and we didn't even know. I mean, I think it was... Alex, our producer, that mentioned we it was. He did. Right? He did. He was like, "Hey, you know, you guys in March are going to come up on your hundredth episode." I'm like, "What the what?" <laughs> <laughs> and, and I like your analogy of an ultra marathon. I mean, we never, never would have thought we'd get to a hundred because, um, and we're never going to run a hundred miles. So let's just pretend like we just did. How are you feeling, Sarah? Are you feeling a little oh, tired? Give me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That was quite an effort. Woo. Give me a beer and a bed ASAP. <laughs> Some chips. Come on, bring them on. Yeah. Ice for my knees. I need it. I need it. No, no, this is so cool. I mean, I, you know, there are very few things that I unexpectedly celebrate, you know, mostly it's like birthdays and anniversaries that I kind of meet with a sense of not dread, but you know, it's like, it, it means that time is passing, but this is so cool. Oh, I know. I know. And after this, we're going to start numbering our shows. Can you stand it? So wow. Alex was like, you guys should have been doing that from the start. So, so let's start at a hundred. Okay. I'm like, I all can right, do that. I can right. do that. 101. I like 101. What's your favorite number over a hundred? Oh my goodness. I don't know. Well, I like the number three in general. So let's go for 300. <laughs> Jeez, I thought you were going to say 103. No, 133. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. So we, what the, the setup of this podcast is we are going to, I asked for some input from people, uh, from listeners, and I sort of thought about which were some of my favorite clips because, as listeners might not know, you and I kind of divvy up the responsibilities of AMR, and I'm the keeper of the podcast, and my business cards do not say that if I were to have business cards, but... (laughs) (laughs) What business cards are you talking about? I got business cards. You don't, Tim? That's your responsibility, how to make a business card. Right, right. Just decided to save some money and just have them for you. Yeah. So, so, um, so I chose clips, and then what Alex, our producer, suggested is that uh, we'll introduce the clip, and then we'll play it, and then you and I will kind of riff on our thoughts on it, or if there's been updates, or I don't know, just laugh all over again because we are, you know, so good at laughing at ourselves. <laughs> A little free balling. Oh, whoa! Am I foreshadowing? <laughs> you I'm are. You are. Come on, we got that. That was a classic. I'm glad you remember it. So, okay. So this first one, with no further ado, the first clip that we're gonna play is from our first um, Pagatim produced uh, podcast, and it's you explaining what another mother runner is all about. 
so running like a mother, just just in case you're um, hitting us for the first time, another mother runner um, is definitely aimed at women who are running with jogging strollers or have kids at home. But more than that, it's an attitude. Um, it's, it's, a, it's the importance of taking care of yourself and realizing that you get to put yourself first um, every once in a while and take care of yourself. Uh, it's, a, it's an attitude about um, setting goals for yourself and realizing them and working hard, seeing the finish line again and again, and with each one becoming stronger and a more confident person. So the first way we like to, uh, to run like a mother is don't be a martyr. Uh, much easier said than done, we realize, as a mother, because, you know, you've got chicken nuggets to bake, you've got the dog hair to sweep up, you've probably got a presentation to do, you've got a bunch of things, and the last thing on your list is what? Of course, you, right? Does that happen to you, Sarah? Oh, all the time, yeah, definitely. So the reality is, as I say this again and again, is that you have to take care of yourself in order to take care of others. Um, so it's just a non-negotiable. It's the same way you brush your teeth and you get a pap smear every year. You get every day, you get to have a little time for yourself where you make sure that your health and your sanity is a priority. A blast from the past, Dimity, and I, I still wow. hear you saying that uh, that same message um, presented maybe a bit more smoothly. That- <laughs> I know I still say um, but maybe I don't say it quite as much. I still I still kind of think that media training is in my future because I I don't think I'm saying it. And then I go back and listen and I'm like, um, um, um. So, um, of course, I see the holes instead of the hole, the yeah. H instead of the WH hole. Um, um, there you go, right there. I just did it without even thinking. So, but I mean, the same still holds true. And it's, and it's what we say at expos and it's just the the current that runs through this whole party that we're having here so uh yes it and is. I, it i'd is. like it's to... kind of electrifying huh a little grease in there can we get a little grease in there alex <laughs> a little the chills they're multiplying um so i'd also like to say though this is when i qualified this is the first paga team produced podcast that's because there is actually an even earlier show that was produced in our basement with our first intern. We did it on GarageBand on our Macs, our, our, on our intern's Macs. I didn't even own one then. But I know that it exists, and it was our uh, mother runner pal Phoebe up in New Hampshire, who I think maybe has done an, a call-in show with us. I'm not sure. but that Yeah, no, she has, Sarah, and I does. sent you the link. I said it was on our website. It was on our website. No, I it looked for it website. on the Okay, I couldn't find it. So we'll have that. Then we will save this because we are going to do a second best of show because there are so many clips. So then I will uh, queue up a clip from that, uh, and that will be in our second one. But I also do know that it is. Um, it at one point was on my iTunes because it is on the iPod that I, uh, the used iPod that I gave to my older daughter, Phoebe. So she's like, Mom, what? And it comes up like it's a song. You know, there's not all that yeah, many controls. Yeah. Like, she's 30 like, minute song of my <laughs> Mom, yeah. My mom and Dimity talking. To to that. Yeah, yeah, no, she's like, Mom, how do I delete this? <laughs> and, he, and here's my uh, here's my um, little secret behind the curtain secret. I think for that one, I think I was at my mom's house. We were writing Train Like a Mother. And so I was working at my office, quote unquote, at my mom's house because it was the summertime. Mm-hmm. And I think that I snuck down to her fridge and maybe had like a half a glass of wine before that one, if I <laughs> remember correctly. I needed some guts. I needed to kind of find my podcast voice. You need podcast your, voice. Your, you need a, a can of courage, as it were. I needed a yeah, a little. I mean, it was like recorded at like eleven thirty in the morning. It wasn't. I mean, you know, you could have had a glass of wine with lunch, I guess, at that point. But yes, I definitely remember that. And it was then, a uh, five thirty somewhere. 
<laughs> yeah, it's 5.30 in, you know, in Norway, so I could have a glass of wine in Denver. Well, I never knew. That's amazing oh, to me. Yeah, no, I feel like I'd copped that before, but yeah, I, I don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. Maybe, a, you know, a little Coke every once in a while, but Coca-Cola, yeah, that, Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola that is. Yeah, well, yeah. you're sounding yeah. awfully upbeat today, Timothy. What's your secret? <laughs> all right the next one yeah so is the next one about us the running together our first ever run together it is i thought it was appropriate in the you know to sort of the early stages of our podcast and the play about the early stages of our first ever run together which was along the chicago lakefront um so um well the first one that i always think of when i think of you um like this is all i mean this is such my image of you and me together is i mean i was probably what i was training for the new york city marathon right we were in Chicago uh-huh. for um, for a trade show. Trade we, show. Were you going to the trade show too? Yeah, yes. we were at uh, NSGA. Yeah, which is the National Sporting, Sporting Goods, Goods Association. Association. If yeah. any any nerds out there want to know what NSGA stands for, they tell you how many tennis rackets people buy in a year. <laughs> um, and so um, so anyway, so we were at this trade show, and I was training for the New York City Marathon, so it must have been ninety seven. Oh, I'm glad you can remember because I was going to actually Google it because it was during the epic heat wave where like a hundred and something people died. <laughs> And, but you, I'm least, not laughing at the death. No. I'm just laughing. But at I hadn't been paying any attention to the news since we were at the trade show for so many hours a day, and then like going out to dinner or whatever with people. So I didn't know that it was making national news. So we were just like, "Wow, it's really hot here." <laughs> I'm sweating. It's humid. Um, so, but I think we had a 10 mile. We did. And we, did. Um, and we this is pre Garmin. I mean, this was 90, 97, folks. So wrap your head around that. Um, and so, um, so at that point, I think I just said I was running nine minute miles. Um, so I think we said we were going to run for 90 minutes uh-huh. and that to me was really long. I mean, that's the longest I think I've ever run. And so we ran out Lakeshore drive 45 minutes. And I remember coming back and we were like, well, we ran, we've ran along the lakefront. Yeah. The so, lakefront. Which we weren't on, the, on the drive. We weren't on the drive. Yeah. <laughs> and we weren't dodging cars. Um, but I remember say we were at, so we were running for 90 minutes, say we were at like one twenty seven eighteen, And I'm like. That's good, Sarah. And you're like, no, it is not. We run until one thirty oh oh. And it's seriously, like every time I like want to stop now before it like hits the little golden marker, I'm always like, Sarah wouldn't stop. Sarah wouldn't stop. <laughs> so I told that that's like my just for some whatever reason, like when I think of you running, that's like the seminal moment in my mind. Well, it's so good because I, that run really stands out in my mind too. And I just I was like, oh, that's just me remembering. Things. No, no, like, because we didn't know each other that well, and I think that we just spent, chatted the whole time. And we were pretty similar paces, and um, I know nine minute miles. What was up with that? Like, <laughs> I don't know. We were young and sprightly. Well, and that the other thing that 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 trip I'm always remember of is the car accident. Oh, right? I know you're covering that up. I thought we agreed we wouldn't talk about that anymore. Oh yeah, because like, you were driving, right? <laughs> See, but you've even for you had forgotten that, and you're like, wait, which one of us was driving? I'm like, uh, I was. <laughs> <laughs> it was a what was it like a left right hand turn disaster. It was a right right hand turn, but I didn't realize there was there was an inner lane of traffic oh. behind that kind of like barricade, and a taxi plowed into our rental car. Yeah, and, that's um, right. Was it your yeah. rental car? It was. Yeah, I mean, it was Shape Magazine must have paid for it. Yeah. Oh, so, oh. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, I was just gonna my my little PS was gonna bring up the accident, but I guess I had the balls to bring it up before that, right? Yeah. And now yep. and now who drives on all of our, or most of our AMR trips? We've learned our lesson. <laughs> Not that my driving record is any better than yours, but um, but yeah, you were like nighttime. I don't know. I just kind of turn into a bat or actually a mole or something. I don't know. I don't know what you turn into, but you can't see very well. So I just also don't like my main thing is I don't like paying attention while I drive. Oh, so well, that's a kind of a yes. key thing you got to do when you drive yeah you would you'd much the, rather admire the brick buildings around right <laughs> although my uh, i have a, a good friend that i know through uh, my rowing days in san francisco who's also named sarah who went to princeton so she's a smart gal and when i told her why i don't like driving she goes oh that's your problem bowen just don't pay so much attention <laughs> there, you go. there you go but uh but uh no what what the part of the clip that i didn't play from that or that i didn't have alex include was that after that run i went right into the lake i took oh. off my shoes and went for a a dip because i was so so hot and uh yeah you were like no i'm not going in (laughs) (laughs) oh that's enough i'm enough yeah that was that was fun though that was a good time and yeah i mean the the beauty of another mother runner is you know obviously i've gotten to know you a little bit over the past you know (laughs) three four years as we kind of reunite in random cities across the u.s and and we've gotten to run together um we have so we have yeah and you know that was uh that was very touching to me during the princess race which was, as we record this almost two weeks ago, you said twice, actually, during the race, you said, oh, it's so nice to be running together, Sarah. And I was like, oh, that's nice that that thought even, like, crosses your mind and that you utter it. So thank you very much. For saying <laughs> I'm not, like, that. tossing to-do lists at you and emails and stuff. Like, oh, it's actually nice to be in your company. Now go get that done. <laughs> right, right. So I, tr- I savored it. It was oh, a little good. gem that I polished and I put on a shelf. You were paying attention. Yes, yes. <laughs> so okay so this next clip i think is perhaps um uh, listeners of the podcast might call this one of their absolute favorite moments i know it's certainly mine and it's a it's a scene i hearken to often when we're together but this is um from a show that was a rundown memory lane and this is your god bless central park south anyway so should we move on to our 30s well, wait, I, I, oh. I have to finish so, but I, I didn't get to finish my part about the best part of the, about the new york city marathon okay okay i planned yeah. this for so long mm-hmm. in my head so um and i think i wrote about it and run like a mother but i'm better at telling it so um mm-hmm. so you know it ends you go through central park and then you hit central park south which is the end mm-hmm. um that's probably mile like say 25.5 or maybe even a little bit closer to the ending and then you kind of shoot back in for the finish line mm-hmm. shoot back to the park so Central Park South. I'm like so excited to see it. I'm through the park and I just am almost there. And um, and so I decided that I would throw up my arms in the air and yell, <laughs> God bless Central Park South. Just thinking like everyone would just erupt in like, oh my gosh, isn't this woman so funny and witty? And ah, that was a great joke. And and uh, <laughs> first of all, it, it rained almost that whole. Oh, month. I remember you I telling me about that afterwards. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I looked like a drowned rat, a six foot three drowned rat right. in my orange shirt and my blue shorts, and um, and you know, and nobody really cares at this point. I mean, I'm just like you know, number whatever, you know, seventeen thousand that's come through. Um, so I kind of felt a little bit like an idiot. Um, so the good news was I kind a little of, bit. you know, a li- just a little bit. Um, so I, uh, I used the lack of response to pick up my pace as an excuse to pick up my pace. And right. You're like, I got to get out of here now. And get the H E double L hockey sticks out of there. Right. H E double hockey sticks, not H E double L hockey sticks. That would be hell <laughs> Um, so anyways, which so is yeah, where I, this which is where this podcast is headed right now 
laughing so hard. It really wasn't that funny, but it is. Oh my goodness! I can just see it now, though. You yelling that as you're running down that that shoot of of uh, oh, spectators. I, just, I thought I was just going to be. I really thought that people were going to laugh, and you oh. know, and I thought I, I really worked on my delivery. You know, like how we talk about like making sure you get a really good picture. Right, right. I kind of worked. I mean, I never really rehearsed it in front of the mirror, but I'd really go. I'd seen myself in my head doing it a ton. It's also because it's such a long phrase. It's not like you're like, yeah, go Giants. But instead, yeah. it's like, God bless Central Park South. Oh, exactly. <laughs> As if it's like this epic thing, too. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. But we, Dimity, we still love you. We're okay with it. We embrace it. See, it's better in person, right, than it is in writing. Oh, it definitely is. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> So I am, I am literally wiping tears away from my face, even listening to it. So funny the second time through. Well, and so I'll tell you that the remnant that I have from that race, I don't have my medal anymore. I don't know what I did with it. Um, and I have this little wooden box that I keep, you know, all my quote unquote special things in oh. and, um, and in there. So my, I ran it with my friend, Kathy. I mean, we didn't run together, but we trained together uh-huh. and, um, and we realized that we wanted to write our names on our shirts, but you know, Dimity, is such a bad name to have in a race because no one's going to touch it. No one is going to touch it. That's yeah. why I love our badass mother runner tanks because people will yell that out and they can read it and they can pronounce it. Right. And so we thought we were going to be all clever. And so, um, so I put on my front, I didn't write it on the shirt. I put it on a piece of cotton, like a t-shirt that we cut up. So a piece of white cotton mm-hmm. across my chest. It said, job comma dim like good job dim okay so like job with like an apostrophe before it and she had job comma kathy god knows you know i don't know what we were thinking that people were gonna be able to translate this we thought we were like the most clever you know like job dim people are gonna yell that like good job dim like of course nobody even probably couldn't even read it because by the end of the rain the cotton had kind of curled up so it was kind of more like four safety pins with like a little banner in between it Uh, or they they think your name is job i know right yeah something like that right so that's what i have um and that is my remnant i believe in my wooden box from the new york city that in the memory of God bless Central Park. I'm gonna start South, calling so. you Job Dim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So oh, that man. was uh, that was that 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 you know, twenty six point two miles. I got a lot of got a lot of mileage out of that one. So that oh. was worth running. Oh, I, I do though remember. So back then, I mean, we were, um, I mean, we were friends back then, but more also, I mean, we knew each other through work more than our through the magazine industry. But I do remember you specifically called me and you told me about that race because I remember that you were like, oh, and my shoes were completely full of water by the end of it. And I was yeah. like, oh, that doesn't sound real fun there. No, I know. Well, and I used, I mean, I called on that when we just were giving tips for the Little Rock mm-hmm. Marathon. I mean, I totally remember that. I had people with me. I had two friends ready with a dry pair of socks. I mean, I had, you know, nothing better than to do than to prepare all my friends for me sure, to run. Sure. And, um, and so, you know, I was dropping off socks the day before and, and I would get to them and I was like, okay, I'm going to spend five minutes changing my socks. And then within, you know, five minutes, they're going to be just as soaked. And mm-hmm. I wasn't having any blister problems. So knock on wood for that. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I remember actually, I have the email that I, I remember sending that I was working at self magazine at the time. And I remember sending like my race report, such as it was before blogs existed to like you and like a couple other publishing friends that were also interested in running and maybe my mom, but she probably yeah. didn't have email. So probably not my mom. Um, <laughs> I don't know. And I think I might have a copy 
copy of that too. Maybe I'll oh, dig that up. That would be so much fun. That'd be so awesome. We, you need to find that and either read it okay, on air or share it in the box. Yeah. I'll oh, the box. oh, I want to see. Also, next time when I come to Denver in May, I want to see this wooden box. Now, I'm intrigued. <laughs> I feel like we're going to find, you know, the the um, the covenant of the lost ark or something. You know, something to do with Job. I don't know. <laughs> right now, the whole Job thing. <laughs> this is our, the Bible segment of the show. So this exactly. this next one is another one that um, I laughed quite a bit when I re-listened to. As you'll notice, a lot of these are funny um, yeah. <laughs> clips. But, but... If, if you can't laugh at yourself, then what, what good are you? you know? <laughs> right, right. I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm particularly good at laughing at myself. So, so this one is uh, from a show that was called Solutions for Summer Running, and it's when I drank water from a water bottle I found along the road in Connecticut. Um, and well, you are really thrifty. I mean, talk about the time that you um, drank a little water from the side of the road from, um, you know, an anonymous bottle. <laughs> you make that? Yes, it is. It is. Uh, you know, it's funny, the things that people remember that I did. And that was definitely a standout. I had someone mention that in at our Albany party. Um, so yes, last summer, I mean, I'm proud of this fact um, that I was just, I was absolutely dying on a run in Connecticut. And I think it was 14 miles, which, you know, in marathon training is not all that long, but it was just a bazillion degrees and, you know, 100% humidity and super sunny. And I just, there was, I was like, okay, I'm going to ask someone. If I see someone in their front yard, I'll ask if I can fill it in, you know, fill up my water bottle from them. Well, like, I don't know. Like here in Portland, you see people everywhere and they're in a more bedroom community. Everyone's locked in their air conditioned homes. So I didn't see any humans. So then I'm running and then I spy this, you know, half filled Aquafina bottle by the side of the road. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm doing it. And I pick it up and it was like hot as urine, but I still, oh, still and I tried not to touch my lips to the bottle itself. <laughs> <laughs> but, that, but, that'll keep you safe. That'll keep you safe. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, Carolyn going back. So if you see, you know, some, some used Vaseline or body glide by the side, <laughs> side of the road, just pick it up. Cause Sarah drinks water from the side of the road. Yeah. I guess it's pretty funny because Alex has not been our producer from the beginning, from from show one. So f- these are new for him as well. So he's been laughing along. I mean, he'd listen to him when he pulled the clips, but it's all over again. He's starting to laugh. He's like, he's looking at me like, oh, that's the chick that drank water that she found by the side <laughs> of the road. Well, and I got to say, Sarah, now that I've, you know, we've heard so many stories from other runners. I mean, I've read and seen a couple times like really um, desperate mother runners have knocked on doors to use the bathroom to go number mm-hmm. two. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, to ask for a drink of water, like I think next time you just kind of, kind of, maybe you need a half a glass of wine to get your liquid courage up <laughs> and then you go in and ask for some water because you need to be really dehydrated. <laughs> I, um, there was, I do remember on that run that there was one man that I saw and he was in a convertible Mercedes and I just thought, mm, yeah, that does not look like a man who's going to offer me some water. I did, though, however, before I took the desperate measure of drinking the found Aquafina, was that I refilled my water bottle that I was holding. There were two um, landscapers who were working in someone's front yard. So I had them fill up. I asked them, you know, I said, Agua, you know, and they, they refilled my <laughs> bottle. Um, and so, but that, oh, that water was also so warm. It just was not very satisfying. And but hose water, yeah. Hose mm-hmm. water kind of always has a 
tinge to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. So, I'm mean, not saying it's better than nothing, but you know, right. It, it's a little also kind of like, mm, is it really safe to drink water from a hose? Like you do, know. you do it when you're five and you think it's a ton of fun, but then, then as you get older and learn about, I don't know, germs and dirt and things like that. So yeah. So, okay. So, but this, this next clip is actually, um, not a funny one. It's a, um, I finally was like, okay, let's, you know, this is a scene that really stands out for us. And it's a line that we oftentimes have borrowed from Bart Yasso, who was our guest on this show. Um, that we, uh, the line that he says, we have said at many an expo. So this is a clip from Does Size Matter? And this was Bart Yasso, who is the chief running officer at Runner's World magazine. And he's talking about how amazing it is to talk to other runners. And then he also talks about the acceptance of women runners and his great line is never take a finish line for granted. And I will say this clip lasts about five minutes. You know, I speak at a lot of these races at the pasta dinners and do a lot of seminars. And mm-hmm. I go to every one of these races with the attitude that I'm going to learn from other runners. I don't go there saying, oh, yeah, no, I'm the chief running officer. I know it all about this sport. I don't know it all. Mm-hmm. And I learned so much. <laughs> yeah. And you're humble, too. That's why we love you. I, yeah, it's true. I mean, I learned from runners. I listened to how they trained and the successes they had and also the failures they have. And mm-hmm. I kind of gather this info and then you get to meet these great running stories. Well, I know there's, it never fails to amaze us that everybody does have, really does have a different story. And there's always stories that are so unique and you haven't ever heard before. Yeah, and you have to really, and you know, you just can't walk up to a total stranger and say, okay, tell me your story. How did you become a marathon runner? Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to kind of get to know them a little bit, and then mm-hmm. they're willing to open up a little bit mm-hmm. and tell you their story. And mm-hmm. then sometimes you're just like blown away, like how much these people have overcome oh. just to be in their shoes right now, just for the opportunity to start a marathon or a half marathon. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Finish line. This is like monumental to, monumental that they got this far already. Right. And then the finish line is just a total celebration and let them take this sport and change their lives forever to the – and when I say change their lives, I mean change it to the better, whether they've overcome weight loss, loss of a family member, cancer. I mean I could go on and on and on. I've, the stories of the things that people tell me that they've overcome just blow me away. And I, and mm-hmm. I get so many people that come up to me and say how inspirational I am and the, the stuff that I've done. And I, I just say you, you have no clue. I You know, inspiration is – it's the mass of us out there and the you know these people just haven't been in my shoes to meet so many people that have overcome a hundred times more than i've ever had a face in my life mm-hmm. and they, they're out there and they're not you know they're they're just they just want to be part of it mm-hmm. i think the biggest word in running and especially for for the ladies now that women have taken over our sport and are dominating our races is the word acceptance Heck yeah yeah, I mean, I, you said the word is acceptance. Acceptance mm-hmm. is the key word. Mm-hmm. And you know, when I started doing races thirty plus years ago, there were very few women in the race because mm-hmm. they weren't accepted. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, the guys realized that hey, this isn't right. And then things changed, and people like Catherine Switzer and Oprah Winfrey and Joan Benoit Samuelson have all done these epic journeys mm-hmm. and have changed the way women think about it. And then there's people like like you guys that are just welcoming people. Except well, yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, what's so great is that you realize, I mean, you know, we're, we're definitely haven't heard all the stories you have, but what I love is that it, it makes you realize that I should never take running for granted. You know, I mean, sometimes I think it's easy for someone who's been running for a long time to think, oh God, I've got to go do another 
six-mile training run, but then you realize that what a gift that is and how how just lucky we are to be able to do this thing, you know, yeah. and share it with people who, who are along the way. Yeah, it's that uh, thing I say every weekend when I'm at a race. We can never forget culturally how lucky we are that these races exist because it doesn't happen everywhere. There's a There's a race in every big city in America. It's just like part of the landscape. And then the bottom line physically that we're able to do what we do because there are some people who would trade. They would love to be in our shoes one day in their life. Forget about every day or or 40 years of doing this stuff. They would just love the opportunity to do it one time. Mm -hmm. Yes, we can never take it for granted. And and I always tell people never take a finish line for granted because you never know. You know, I thought I would be running fast and doing all this stuff for quite a long time. And then Lyme disease set in and changed that tremendously. But it's to me, it hasn't been a negative thing. I've used it to my as a positive thing. It's slowed me down. I'm around more people. I run less races, so now I go to races to uh, help more runners to uh, run faster and to stay involved with our sport and I look at our sport as a to be a runner for life. So I haven't... I haven't lost the passion of what I do. I just uh, slow down a lot and run a lot less races. But that's a great line. Never take a finish line for granted. I think never that's, take that's, a, finish line that's for a great motto to have. Yeah, and, it's and I, a very I think, sacred place, and it's and it's a place where you cross to be proud of whether you set a personal best or just made it to the finish line. Okay, we need to stop that before I start to cry, please. Because yeah. oh, I, I mean, I'm definitely like. Yeah. Wow. I, I remember how I rem- powerful that is. Yeah. Oh, I remember when he was talking, I was, you know, tears were running down my face. And so it was good that he kept talking because then it gave us the opportunity to regain our composure. And totally. Uh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Well, to add, make a little funny out of this, even though it wasn't funny at the time, but we, we got to do a presentation with Bart um, in Houston, which if you remember, if you listened, I, I can't remember how much I talked about this because it definitely put me into a tailspin, but you know, I had those fibroids and I had this massive bleed out session in Houston and had to get blood transfusion and all this. And, um, and so long story short is I wanted to make it in Houston until Tuesday morning when our presentation was, cause I had put together together the presentation that I put that line in there mm-hmm. and I was going to attribute it to Bart, you know, mm-hmm. and stand and have a conversation with him about that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I wasn't, I was in the hospital. I wasn't able to make it. And so Tuesday morning, you're doing our presentation for us. And I was like, oh, Sarah, I have to make sure that you know that like trying to like tele- telepathically tell you, like, make sure that you say that that's Bart's line. That's a big line. I don't want you, th- I don't want him to think that we just like plagiarized it from him. And I think he said something during the presentation and, um, and to you, cause I remember him getting a note from him afterwards, but, um, but yeah, so that's, it holds special significance because honestly, like, you know, that was a, you know, never take a finish line for granted that was that kind of moment in my life you know mm-hmm. where i was like mm-hmm. wow am i ever going to be the same again you know right so and now look now now, and now look here i am now look how many finish lines, lines you have you have crossed since then. i know but well, i don't well, go ahead, well i was Sarah, gonna say sorry. one thing was that so that clip was from the early days that was from november of 2011 so you know we had not gone to nearly as many you know we've gone to a lot of expos since then and i just think you know we are not on bart yasso traveling every weekend type level but we have gone to so many more expos and heard so many more stories and his words rang true then but they ring even more true now i was gonna say yeah i was debating whether what what i wanted to talk about whether i was gonna bring up the fibroids or like (laughs) 
But yeah, people come into our booth and like, look at us, like we have done the training for them. Right. Mm-hmm. They're like, Oh, thank you. Thank you. And you know, some people get teary, which is great. I feel so honored that, you know, we, um, we ha- hold this blessed place in their motivation and their training. But I'm like, dude, look at your story. Look at mm-hmm. you. You are a military mom. You've got four kids and you're doing your first marathon. Like mm-hmm. God bless you. You mm-hmm. know, like you did all the work, you figured it out. Sure. We may have like, you know, lit a fire under you, but mm-hmm. you've run every mile sister. And, you know, and you know, great, great job. Right. Oh, I know. And just that there are, that, that there's never the same story twice. You know, oh, there, no. can, there can be, you know, two military moms or there's two women who have dealt with cancer, but it's never the same story. And it just, never fails to move and inspire and, you know, get me um, a little choked up at our booth. So I, uh, and I have to, one, one PS here though, that it's funny. Like Bart's like, yeah, you got to draw them out a little bit. I'm like, no, that doesn't happen. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Women pretty much spill their guts, which I, I love. I mean, we both love, you know, but oh, it's I not know. like it's, I mean, definitely there are some women that are shyer than others, but, you know, once you get talking, you know, they they want to tell their story and we want to hear them. And it's a lovely. And um, I think maybe maybe it has to do with that acceptance of women runners, you know, that we are right there. As you say, we are leading from the middle of the pack. So that, you know, we're we're also standing there in a running skirt. So maybe they feel a little more comfortable telling us than they do telling um, Mr. Bart. Yeah. So we're not intimidating like him. Right. (laughs) We haven't run the the marathon to Sabla. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Speaking of runners world, we got our, our good friend Tish Hamilton and, and she was on talking about um, two articles. Uh, one was about Kara uh, Goucher and Shailene Flanagan as they prepared to head into Boston. One is about her as a squeaker heading into Boston. Mm-hmm. So the first I have a kind of a silly question, but it's the, the, the illustrations or they're not illustrations. They're fo- photographs for this story are actual mice because the whole theme is squeaker. Right. I mean, yeah. how did you get those mice dressed? Yeah. <laughs> they're dressed in running clothes, right? I mean, how'd they hold who, still for that long? That's what Dimity's asking. Uh. Well, yeah, and, and how did they, I mean, how who dressed the mice? I mean, that's a tough job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here comes the mouse handler now. <laughs> I know, seriously, you kind of need one. I mean, was was PETA on the set making sure no mice were hurt Dim- in the, in the Dimity, in um, shooting? Tish, are you going to let Dimity know the truth about those mice or no? I, I have a feeling that you're going to tell her, Sarah. Oh, they're not real. <laughs> no, they're not alive. Right? Oh, God. Even worse. <laughs> they're cadavers, guys. Oh. oh, my gosh, Timmy. Did you really think those were alive mice? Yes, I did. Of course I did. Oh, Brothers World. That kind of hurts my heart a little bit, I got to say. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So the the idea for this came from our genius art director, whose name is Benjamin Purvis. And uh, there was a movie that Sarah knows in in which the uh, mice were figured into um, uh, the the plot. Anyway, but what we found out was there's, in fact, a whole industry, which, of course, is in Brooklyn, Williamsburg, uh, of people who do this, who create these mice tableau. Yes. Uh, with their little sets and their costumes, wow. and um, you know, it, it's not something we invented. 
Okay. Can all I right. Just, all right. Can I just interject for a second? We a couple episodes ago, we um, Dimity talked about her daughter Amelia was frightened by Survivor, and we talked about how <laughs> Amelia is a very sensitive child. I'd like to say that I think her mother's also very sensitive. Like I can't believe that you thought those mice were like alive. Can you imagine? Like how many months it would take to be like, oh shoot, the first mouse looked good. Mouse do that again, but, but like that second mouse. <laughs> No, I believe. I believe. Is that so wrong? Okay. Okay. Well, then let's go back to running. All right. Uh, my heart, you know, I'm my I'm runner's world. Okay. I'll get over it. I'll get over it. <laughs> Gosh. Wow. The sincerity of my conviction. I mean, I, was, I, I wasn't just like putting on a show. I mean, I really did think that they were real. Oh. And then now that I hear that again, I mean, I really, I, you know. That it still kind of hurts my heart a little bit, and I and then I kind of think, oh my god, I can't believe I'm a you know forty something year old woman. I'm not naive, but <laughs> I guess also, I am who I am, right? Because also before the podcast, you had said when we had seen the Runners World feature, you had said, oh, and we'll have to find out if any mice were harmed during the filming of that. And I thought, oh, that's so funny, Dimity, to to like pretend like those mice are real. Like, <laughs> complete, and it was, was an email. Where Sarah's like, oh, I'm just gonna hold my mouth and not, you know, like. Dimity just, you know, walk right into a swamp. No, okay. No, no, no. It was, you emailed me that and I'm like, oh, that's a good one, Dimity. But like, I'm thinking, oh, that's good. We'll keep that. But so then the Baxter and that is Tish and I had um, emailed and, and I, I, the movie is called Dinner with, Sh- with Schmucks or Four Schmucks, one or the other. And it's a Steve Carell movie that, oh, was so disappointingly. Thanks to StoryWorth for supporting our podcast. StoryWorth is a subscription service started by a fellow who wanted families to be able to share their memories and anecdotes with each other. Here's how it works. Purchase a StoryWorth subscription for someone you love, and each week, StoryWorth sends that loved one an email with a question about his or her life. The person either replies with his or her story via email or records it by phone by calling a StoryWorth number. After a year, the stories are bound in a lovely hardcover keepsake book. My husband Jack and I gifted StoryWorth to his dad, and we're especially looking forward to hearing his tales about going to medical school in Dublin, Ireland, which is where Jack was born and spent the first four years of his life. Then we'll share the book with Jack's siblings. For $20 off, visit StoryWorth.com slash AMR when you subscribe. That's StoryWorth.com slash AMR. Not funny, but... The the tableau were incredibly cute, like they're little, you know, like mice on a picnic pushing one another on a swing or, you know, dressed up like little Bo Peep or something like that. They're very <laughs> darling. And so there are, like she said, whole industries. So Tish and I had talked about that or emailed each other about that beforehand. So that's how she knew that I had, knew the movie, knew the scenes, that whole thing. Oh, so, see, and I wasn't in on that email exchange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling a little excluded and kind of like an idiot, but that's okay. I think I'm over it by now. That well, was like two years ago. You can go to that dinner. It's for schmucks. <laughs> all right. All right. Thanks. Thanks. All right. So we do um, Q&A podcasts around here a lot, which we have a lot of fun with. We pretend like we're um, click and clack from Car Talk, but yeah. we do the, the blue collar version and, and answer questions from Facebook. So here's one that um, resonated deeply with a couple listeners. Yes. And this was also uh, this section was um snippet was suggested to us by kim who lives in wisconsin and she said she oftentimes goes back and listens to this segment okay but so so that idea of being um perhaps left behind in a race is um related to our last question of this which is from carolyn who says i'm a bit heavy and my other mother runner friends are smaller than than i am how can i learn to accept my size and my speed bigger and slower knowing i'll always bring up the rear Oh, 
hit me with a tough one. The last question of the day, Sarah. <laughs> um, I think it's easier to solve world peace actually than it is to um, not solve world peace, find world peace, maybe solve the world's problems. Um, so Carolyn, so here's the deal about running and it's really hard to embrace when it doesn't come naturally to you and you, you are just naturally kind of a mid to back of packer is that you have to run for yourself. You can't run for anybody else. You can't run to compare yourself to your little petite friends. I mean, yeah, I'm not, um, you know, a heavy person, but I'm also not a light person and I've never been able to, you know, I mean, it's a sport that favors the toothpicks of the world. Like that's just the reality of it. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I've said this before in the podcast, but, and I've said it a gazillion times, but I mean, when we met Dina Castor, I mean, her legs are the size of my arms and that is not of your, of your forearms. I mean, seriously, like my biceps are b- bigger than her thighs without, without a lie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, so that's, so that's, you know, so that's the reality of the sport is that it just, it favors very light, efficient, fast people. Um, But, you know, have other mother runner friends that have real life bodies and sure, they might be a little bit lighter than you and they might be a little bit faster than you. But, you know, the minute that you try to start comparing yourself to them, um, it's just, it's just going to defeat you. And that's really not what we see as the benefit of running. I mean, we feel like running is such a important thing to do just for yourself to find your own confidence and your own strength and set your own goals and see what you yourself are capable of. If you can push yourself a little bit harder than you did yesterday, if you can go five minutes faster um, in a half marathon than you were able to go last year. I mean, that's, that's really the victory and the beauty of running Um, and trying to embrace that place is it's hard. I, I, you know, it's hard and it's hard when you see, you know, those pages of results and you're scrolling down and you're like, Okay, how big was my age group? <laughs> where the where the heck is my name? You know, uh-huh. um, and that's and that's it can be really hard. So, but you know, you kind of you know there is no easy answer except for that you just kind of have to become this peaceful place. Like, this is for me, and this is what I'm doing for myself. Yeah, I also think um, that's one of the many many reasons why we love women's races is because I think that I think that a lot of that pressure gets taken off, and that. Um, so I think it oftentimes in a co-ed race, it's like, not only are there the toothpick women, but then there's a bunch of scrawny guys. And, and even sometimes the, the guys who don't look anything like a runner are still ahead of you in a race. And so by a women's race, you know, at a women's race, you see so many different body shapes. There's so much acceptance and embracing of all the runners and just, um, sure, you know, people still keep their eye on the clock, but I just think there's a different vibe that is much more accepting. Yeah, we all push each other across the finish line. It's it's a different atmosphere. Yeah. I mean, and and um, two other things I want to add is, you know, I, I remember once reading a a quote from Ryan Hall. I think it was in your um, favorite publication, Sarah, the New York Times, where he was talking about um, how much respect he has for for the back of the pack runners. He's like, you know, I can rip off a marathon and two whatever he can do it in. Like you're out there for five, six, seven hours, whatever it takes you. Like that is a really, really hard day. You know, it's, you know, it comes naturally to him. And so, I mean, and, 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 and hold on, and, I want to add something. Cause even, uh, going back to our own gender, I remember one time when I was interviewing Kara Goucher, she was saying that 
forget what race it was, but before a half marathon, she didn't pee and that she had to pee for the whole time. But, you know, for Kara, that means she had to pee for, I don't know what, you know, an hour, 10. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, and so, but you know, whereas you and I'd be like, oh yeah, I don't think I can hold it for two hours and 10 minutes. So she was saying that like, yeah, the same thing that Ryan was saying that she has such respect for people who are out there running for so much longer. Well, yeah. And that's, I mean, and that's how I got drawn into the whole world of running. I mean, was watching the New York city marathon, you know, um, the first year I watched from the sidelines and you see those people that don't look like quote unquote natural runners and holy cow, the, my respect for them just skyrockets. I mean, mm-hmm. my respect for all runners is huge, but for women who are, you know, maybe not like the stereotypical runner body. I mean, my gosh, like just, just, I mean, I get cheery thinking about it. I mean, I, I can't come up with the words to to um, say how proud I am and just how much respect I have for them because it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, and, and then the next year I ran the New York City Marathon and I was in the porta potty. And when they announced the winner, you know, <laughs> porta potty is probably mile eleven or something. I don't even remember where I was, but you know. So again, I mean, just going back to your question, Carolyn, is just. You know, if you even make a chart of your times or, you know, keep a training log and see that you are making improvements because you will with consistent training and you may lose some weight and you may, you know, get faster. And so that alone is like a victory that you need to embrace. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So, Dimity, I want to say, listening to that clip, I think that to me really sums up what is so great about what you bring to this podcast is that you empathize, you you put it into words so beautifully and then you always have a tip like the keeping keep, no that, that that I don't mean to believe that you I mean I just listened to that first part and I just think ah oh, Dimity just encompasses the another mother runner message so beautifully so eloquently with such heart and then yet you're always like oh I want the podcast to give people advice and imbue them with information and then you do that at the end of that that you say and keep you know Carolyn keep keep track of your times because over time you're going to see that you got faster and that, you know, you'll make incremental improvements. So I, thanks. Um, thanks. Yeah. I'm a, you know, I'm a mother giving advice comes naturally. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you want to do that? No, I'm just kidding. But no, thank you. I, you know, I mean, listening to that, I, um, I, yeah, I don't remember saying it, but I still believe it a hundred percent. And, uh, I wish I could have said it a little bit more eloquently, but, um, but I, I love what the, the sentiment and I, and that's, I mean, we both bring that to AMR. That's what we bring is, is the community feeling and everybody else brings it too. It's not just us doing that. I mean, everybody, I think that, um, that tunes in regularly and is on our Facebook page and, you know, and but writes comments on our blog and visits us like that's, we're all in this together, you know, all, and it doesn't matter what you look like, you know, Yeah, all in this together and always bringing such positivity to it that, that even as we grow bigger, I just feel we don't have any haters on our pages. And no. I just, I just really love that. That just makes me very pleased and proud and happy. That Maybe that's our next t-shirt. Just haters with a big, you know, one of those red circles with a line through it. Yeah. No haters. Yep. 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 <laughs> anyway. All right. Speaking of no haters um, and, and, and dwelling on the positivity, let's listen to um, the new badass mother runner, Lauren Fleshman. So, so kind of keeping it fun, I think is really important. And then I also want you to talk a little bit about the whole like way that you tie, you know, I feel like your mental attitude is so great and so um, important and you've come back through injuries so many times. And I, you know, I have your believe I am journal and I think it's, you know, so lovely and important to set goals and really sit down and, and think of, 
you know, really spend some time um, going, going in and feeling about what you want to do and what feels good to you. And so, I mean, can you just talk about, I guess, your overall perspective as far as like running and enjoyment goes? Definitely. I think that if you watch the Olympics and the world championships um, in any sport, you'll see more people, like the people that win and do really well are relaxed for the most part. Eight out of 10 times, they're cracking a smile or they have like a real peacefulness about them. And that goes against this this, this conception people have that you need to be really intense if you're going to do well. And it's really not true. You need to be relaxed and enjoying yourself and peaceful in that moment and, and feel like this is something that you love um, to get the most out of yourself. So that is my overarching philosophy is don't bother doing it unless you you enjoy it. And that doesn't mean every moment's going to be fun. It's not, but you have to be an active participant in the mental side of your sport. And you have to, when it's not fun, you have to take charge and, and spend some time thinking about that and go back to the reasons why you do it. And, and that's why I have in a journal, like the believe I am journal is helpful because you have all those things written down. You've been prompted to kind of do, go through some mental exercises and find out what you really care about, why you're doing it in the first place. Um, you're given ways to analyze each performance and encouraged to think about what was good about everything that you've done. You, there's, you can always take a positive out of every race, even the ones that where you hit the wall or you come up way short of your PR. And if you don't take those moments to think about the things you did well, um, you're just, you're never going to really reach your potential and reach your maximum enjoyment level in the sport. So I think a lot of people are surprised to hear a professional athlete say those things because we do come across as very intense and it seems like that's like a, a more recreational attitude or something, but it's really not. It's consistent from beginners all the way to the gold medalists on the highest stage. And, uh, and that that's something to aspire towards. So sort of not to bring up um, maybe a painful subject, no pun intended, but but you you broke your foot and missed the Olympics not once but twice. Um, but then yes. both times you came back and you garnered bigger and better accomplishments, like you became the USA champ in the 5,000 meters and you climbed to seventh in the world in that distance. So, I mean, kind of what keeps you coming back both and keeps you going both physically and mentally? I think that the thing that has helped me continue to come back and get up after being knocked down is, um, taking control over what my definition of success is and throwing out the window, what somebody else's view of success is. And, um, you know, people have to do this in their own jobs all the time and running is no different in my job. The easiest way to quantify success is have you been to the Olympics and have you won an Olympic medal? Mm -hmm. Well, the Olympics is once every four years and only three people in the whole world win a medal every four years. And if you're going to define your success on that, then you have like a 99.999% chance of being disappointed. So (laughs) you can't, you just, I I mean, for me, I just made the decision and it was very empowering. I'm going to define what I think is success in the sport. And I, you know, I did miss the Olympics. I've tried out I guess in 2000, 2004, 2008, and 2012. And I haven't made a team yet, but I've made five or six world championship teams and won U.S. titles. And I've done great things in the in-between years. And you don't always get to pick your greatest, the moments of your greatest successes. But you can always, you are in control of being open to success happening at any time. And it might not be when you want it, but it will come. And then if you're open to it. 
Um, and so that's, what's allowed me to get seventh in the world. I mean, I, I was having a terrible year. I finished eighth in the national championships and then seventh in the world championships a couple of weeks later. Wow. What, you just what, can't... what was the shift? What, what happened? Well, the shift, the thing that happened was I, I had had an injury leading into nationals and I just wasn't physically prepared. And, um, and so I did the best I could and that was eighth, but it wasn't going to qualify me for the world championships. Usually only top three make the team, but by a series of lucky events, various people dropped the event or they, you know, unlucky for them, but they got hurt or sick or something happened and it ended up that my eighth place finish I kept getting bumped up the ladder until I was selected for the team at the last minute at the last qualifier. And, um, but that whole time I was training hard. I had my, you know, my nose down. I was, I was enjoying myself and trying to get the most out of myself just in case I had an opportunity to show what I was capable of. And then when that opportunity came, like that window of opportunity opened and I was ready to just jump right through it, you know? And, and, and I think that that was just like, that was just such good validation of the way that I have chosen to live my life in the last few years is you have to make a decision to do that. Right. And, and it's sort of like this faith that you put out there that, Oh, well, an opportunity is going to come up at some point if I just have this positive attitude and I, and I don't get sad when things don't work out. And, um, and so that happened and it was great validation. I'm like, Man, it's so worth it to just always choose to dwell in positivity and to make the effort to do that. And, um, so yeah, I mean, it ended up being the highlight of my career really to this point. Wow. That Lauren Fleshman, she just, I just remember that podcast and just, she was that introspective and thoughtful and, um, sharing. Inspirational. Yes. The whole time. And I, I I was just pretty speechless, even just re-listening to that clip again. And oh, I know. And her son was what, like six weeks old, maybe a little older. But it's like you know, she was, she definitely had you know, a, I'm I'm guessing a sleep-addled kind of brain, right? So like you know, if she can do that, talk oh. like that when oh. she's maybe a little not at her best. Imagine when she's on top of it, man, you would just like bow at the feet of Lauren Fleshman. <laughs> right. right. But I, I just think, I just, I just love both those messages, the being open to success and choosing to dwell on positivity. I just think you know, those are messages that can, that we can take to our running, to our parenting, imbue with into our children and just, you know, in our work life, whatever it is, those are just such important messages and sort of speaks to the, you know, how many lessons can be learned in running that can be brought to other parts of our lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And you just, you got to remember, you got to just keep putting yourself out there and, mm-hmm. and keep doing it because it's going to come and it may not come, like she said, exactly when you want it, but you know what, that maybe that makes it, makes, makes it taste even more delicious, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I think we need though a little bit of, um, uh, levity. And uh, so this is um, this is a great moment that you already alluded to earlier in the show. It's from a um, episode, Ready, Set, Go. It's race day. And it is a scene when you say an absolutely fabulous phrase that you you uh, meant freewheeling, but, but it came out a different way. <laughs> um, and it's funny because we're going to read um, this race day final countdown. And um, and I and the thing about it is, is I haven't really been preparing for this race. I've just kind of been kind of going like mm. I would call it free balling, but I'm not entirely sure if that's the appropriate term. <laughs> <laughs> ever since, uh, ever since, um, Todd, like, our stand in producer, really likes that. I think oh, it, I, I, I think it might have a scrotum analogy in there. <laughs> yes. For, what? Uh, what? 
what race was that even that I was talking about? Do you, do you Maybe remember? The, well, so it was October 20 of 2012, that episode was. So oh, when, was that the 10 miler in the Twin Cities? It might have been. It might have yeah. been. Yes, that would that would make sense timing wise. Yes. And for for listeners who don't know, um, free balling, as I learned on Urban Dictionary, and as I thought when you said it, it means when a man doesn't wear underwear. Yeah, that's what I thought. Ben, Ben, my seven year old son is very good at free balling. <laughs> you, told <laughs> me, you told me that you to tell the anecdote about when. when well, yeah, so, so we were driving from um, from Mem- Memphis to Little Rock on a Friday morning to get from the the party that we had in Memphis to the expo and Little Rock and I, um, Sarah went to sleep and I was on the highway and in control. So I called my family to say hello because I hadn't said hello to them since I arrived. And it was um, pajama day at school. It was Friday morning and they, they were suited up in their pajamas. And I hear, uh, I, so I'm asked, I thought Sarah was asleep and I say to Ben, do you have underwear on? And Sarah starts cracking up over. She's not asleep. But yeah, he is, uh, especially with like the gym shorts, you know, the basketball shorts. I don't know if he likes the sensation or That's it's, a- just, it's just too much to have a pair of, you know, put two things on. But yes, he is. He likes to go commando a lot. That's the thing I don't understand because those gym shorts are so big and baggy and it would just be like, Everything just shifting around down there? Uh, I just... Yeah, I don't think it's quite, it's not significant enough to shift around. I don't know. I don't know. But all I know is I know that there are other kids that they've got to have that Oh, problem. yeah, certainly. Ben is not yeah, the only yeah. uh, seven-year-old who likes free to free ball. ball. Yes. So, um, so, all right. So as long as we're talking about down there, let's, um, this is, um, I hadn't thought about how perfectly that leads into this next clip, which is from the show Lady Doc and OBGYN gives advice for active moms. And we're having a debate about commando and, quote, taking care of things down there. And I do want to set this up that then you admit something. But I want to say that before we went, before we started recording that podcast and what we're going to listen to from now, you said very seriously, you're like, I am not going to go, you know, I'm not going to talk about things that are kind of sensitive. Like, I'm just not going to, you can talk about TMI, Sarah, but I'm not going to. And I'm like thinking, oh, okay. So then in this clip, not only do you go there, but you keep going there. <laughs> oh, free baller. What can I say? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and I just got to say, Amanda, I, listening to you talk, I am just so happy we have you on here. I mean, you are just explaining stuff in ways that I never thought and just, in, in just the, you know, the AMR way. So thank you yeah, very much. Absolutely. No problem. Yeah. Well, yeah. This so is, another... you know, welcome to my world. This is, this is <laughs> what I talk about all day long. And, you know, my husband, we go out to dinner with friends and he's like, there's not going to be any vagina talk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, Are you okay? No, it's that? okay. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Well, another big thing that comes up a lot on another mother runner, and we actually have a fun section in, um, in Train Like a Mother about um, going commando. It's a big debate, you know, not as heated as abortion or, you know, euthanasia or anything like that, but just a fun kind of, are you right. on this side or are but you on that side? Have- very, yeah, people feel strongly about that. Um, I was following the TMI feed today about mm-hmm. uh, waxing, the shaving, the mm-hmm. all natural. It cracked me up. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> well, so so as a as a doctor, where do you come down on the commando side? Is it good? Is it bad? Or does it not matter? Okay, I would say in general, it does not matter. What I can tell you, and I actually do sort of, I guess if you could say 
feel passionately. I do have actually strong feelings though, um, based on experience, um, not personally, but in the office about how you take care of things down there. Again, that came up in a, in a TMI today. Mm -hmm. um, I really, really recommend against shaving. Um, so if you're going to go commando or not, do not shave down there. Um, it causes little micro abrasions, little cuts in the skin that then are a window to infection, whether again, what, you know, regardless of what you're wearing. And I've actually seen women get um, infections down below from that. So shaving, laser, clippers, um, but no, um, sorry, I should say waxing, waxing, um, laser or clippers, but not shaving. And do you mean even shaving? I mean, okay, this is TMI, but I mean, I shave like the, like kind of my groin area. I mean, not directly, you know, and on my vagina, but I mean, you know, like when yeah. I'm like wearing a bikini, I mean, is that okay in between like my legs and my that's actually, you know? a, I would say no. I would, no. especially okay. again in a woman who's running because, you know, your clothes are up against there because it's just not a clean area. Okay. You know, all right. Even, all right. That's good to know. Yeah. Even in the most hygienic person, you're taking that razor and you're reaching way down under there and you're pulling it up and you're reaching way down under there and you're pulling up. <laughs> so you're spreading any and all bacteria all over your skin and let's face it we don't use a new razor every single time it might be oh, you, you don't <laughs> do. we're, we're made of money we we just throw them around right, right and so um i i actually see women get infections there so again okay um, now that's a really good that's a really i learned something today thank you Wow, I really went there, didn't I? But I have to say, there's a lot of this show is at my expense, as, as Alex has noted, you know, and I'm like, it is a good thing. You can say you can laugh at yourself, but I can, you know, put myself out there. So. Well, but the thing is, why I'm sorry, going back, also, I'd like to say that, that yet again, that was another clip where it, the intro to it is me laughing. <laughs> there you go there you go well i have to say okay i have not changed much and i have not paid the price um i did not take dr amanda hurtusby wasn't that her name i remember it pretty close yeah because okay i'll just go there i did tmi but every time i try to get waxed i feel violated okay i need just like a very midwestern waxer that like i put my underwear on just just put your granny you know, panties on and say okay get the stuff around the on and respect the, the line okay i don't want you going under there like i just don't you know so i kind of leave and it hurts and i feel violated i'm just like you know what i'd rather you know risk infection that's, that's all i'm gonna say that's all you're gonna say yeah all right so i was once again crying with laughter over that one particularly just because knowing that you, no, as i listened i thought wait a minute dimity said she wasn't going to talk about any of this I stuff know, before i you. honestly can't believe well because i because i think i got my you know my hackles up because she said shaving and of course like whenever I I'm like wait I do that I gotta know more you oh, know and like, I also think I hear the journalist in you then suddenly you switch yeah. to oh we need to find out the full story about this and well, yeah. what do you mean well how it how does that happen I know I know I'm like I need to figure it out so I, you, you know. need to figure it out and I think you sort of forgot that you were talking about yourself in in a way that other people would be able to hear you later on and then live and be, have it be revisited all over again. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so this next one is yet another Dimity story, but then there is one about me after that. So this is um, 
This is all the the episode is all the details of Dimity's seventy point three triathlon, and it's from your half Ironman recap. And it's where I it's tell you the- to own your effort. And I'd like to say people might be listening, thinking, "Well, what about what about her Ironman?" And we're saving that, or I'm saving that for the for our second best of show. So please know that it'll air in a few weeks, and I will definitely pull a scene of Dimity talking about her amazing Iron Mother effort. So, but for now, this is um, Dimity talking about her half Ironman. Well, Dimity, what I want to say is that you said it on the phone, you said it in the post, you've said it in this thing. You keep on saying about how, you know, the day just lined up, like everything went right. And as if it was some exterior force that was making it work right. I want you to realize that you, 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 your mind and your body is what made that race go right. And that, that, you know, you, I think you really need to own your effort because it was A plus all the way across and you are so strong and you have put in so much time with your training and so much effort and you've sacrificed a lot of things and you made that day be the day it was. It wasn't like some astrological lineup of planets, (laughs) you know, I mean the, the, it was what it was because of what you do and what you did. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. And I, you know, I'm scared to, I mean, it sounds so dippy when I say it, but I'm like scared to own it because then I'm in control and like, and that's, you know, that's, uh, I mean, it's okay because I, I guess going into that race, I knew that I could do it because of the training that I've done. Like, you know, I said, like, this is really whack that this race is going to feel short to me. You know, I knew the run would be challenging, but all the rest I've done, you know, numerous, numerous times. And the reality is with Ironman is that I, I haven't, done any of that. I mean, I've, you know, I mean, I've come close in the swim and the bike to going that full distance and I'm, I'll probably go somewhere between 16 and 18 miles, you know, um, on the run, but it's just, it just feels like, I mean, I finished and I was like, could I do that again? Like, could I go double that distance? And that, you know, I know I can, but it doesn't feel, it's not a gimme, you know, like the half Ironman was a little bit of a gimme just because of all the training I've done. Like Ironman, isn't a gimme. But you, you, you don't admit to yourself, you don't like gimmies. I mean, you like a challenge. You like to see what you're capable of. I'm, you know, you, yeah, you, you I li- do, but, but I don't, I don't mind gimmies. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you were, you know, you had no taper. You were training basically up until, you know, the two days beforehand. So, yeah. you know, you, you're going to have uh, three weeks of being, of priming the pump to, to yeah. make sure you're able you, to deal are you going to be able to deal with me then, Sarah? I'm going to be like <laughs> bouncing off the walls energy like, Iron Man, Iron Man, Iron Man, Iron Man. <laughs> I, I, I relish the day you have loads of energy and are super upbeat. <laughs> bring it on. Bring it on. Right. got to record um, like 17 podcasts during my paper. Yeah. Oh, so what do you think oh. of that listening now? Well, now that- it's funny. I mean, I, I, you know, I was like, yeah, yeah, I got to own it. Um, but uh, so I have switched. I mean, that's hard for me to do. I will definitely say that it's not my strength. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, when people, you know, when we meet people or I, um, people say you had a great day or, you know, c- congratulate me. I say, yes, thank you very much. I had a great day. Um, which I mean, I think owns it as much as I'm comfortable owning it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, but the, the funny thing is, is listening to this, I was just at a conference for my fifth grade daughter and, you know, she's doing fine. She's doing great. You know, she gets, she's, you know, she's ticking off all the things. And the first thing that her teacher said that she had to work on was confidence. And Mm. I was like, wow, that is really interesting. And so I feel like, um, I need to step 
it up a little bit uh, from my end, just to set a, a better example for her. And, and, uh, I mean, I feel like I have a quiet confidence, like that's kind of how I move through the world is I feel like, you know, I, I believe in myself absolutely, but I'm not going to broadcast that everywhere. And, uh, and I feel like I need to broadcast that a little bit more to Amelia so that she can learn how to, uh, embrace it a little bit more and speak up for herself. So that was, that's a good, I'm glad that that, that this show has happened this morning, right after that, that conference, because yeah. I can see it. I can, you know, see it more. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's so, it's so funny. Cause you know, you always say, Oh, I'm the more competitive one in our, in the duo and that, you know, I'm sort of probably the more brash braggadocio one. And that, that it's so funny because I mean, you could, you could outshine me in any athletic event. You can outshine me in most, you know, uh, professional things. And it's just like, why am I the one who's out there bragging about it? <laughs> <laughs> it's just different personalities. I mean, it honestly is. And that's what makes the world go around, you know, and that's why we're compliment each other. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, I mean, you know, I, you know. And I really, I have to say, I really like that, that um, snippet because I feel that I really am speaking very honestly and straightforward to you. And yes. sometimes I um, kind of feel I take the, 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 I am in the passenger seat a lot of the time and that I like that. <laughs> Not I Not just when I'm driving to <laughs> right, Nora. Right. So that I like that I really tell you how it is, the, that you need to own your effort, that you are, uh, that you've sacrificed a lot of things. And also the, you know, that I even say, Hey, you know, I relish the day that you have a ton of energy. So I just feel I touched on a lot of things yeah, yeah. in our I, I relish the day i have a ton of energy too i just don't ever see it happening so <laughs> right, right. i'll just keep dragging my my weary bones along so. yeah 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 so this so this next uh snippet and and this will be our last one for this um best of show this was a, a lovely surprise to me this was from boston marathon baby this was the episode we recorded before i went off to run the 2012 Boston Marathon, which ended up being insanely hot. That was the one that uh, the uh, you know thermometers touched ninety degrees. So we had a whole show planned for for a topic, and instead you slyly turned the whole thing into letting me talk about um, running the Boston Marathon. I'm I'm very very, and I'm and I'm saying this sincerely. I'm very proud of you that you don't have a time goal oh, that you're gonna you. like soak it up because I think that that I mean this is this is you've worked so hard for this and. I would hate for you to have, you know, something happen like your intestine flow or the rain or something, mm-hmm. you know, really slow you down and then kind of make you think that the race is a wash because obviously it's not. Oh, yeah. No God. matter what you come across in. Oh, my gosh. I've already in, like envisioned, oh, what happens if my plantar fasciitis totally flares up during the race? Like, and I thought, I'll just walk the whole rest of the way. Um, okay. good, good. So, so, yeah, no, I'm very excited to, particularly for the crowds and the, that whole bit. And, um, yeah, no, my, I'm going to, I think right about next week, what my goals are and, you know, to be absolutely present during this moment, during the moment as it's happening, as the race unfurls in front of me, I want to be there and be experiencing it. And, um, I have to say, I feel like I have some practice from it from, don't you completely remember every head of the Charles you've ever raced? Oh, no, no, <laughs> no! I so didn't. I did not want to be in that boat. I mean, that's, I did not like the head race. Head races in rowing just you know are like three miles long, so it's kind of the equivalent of a marathon. It doesn't take that long, obviously, but compared to a sprint race, which is two thousand meters, so that's done in like you know eight minutes. Oh, so, but um, the pain is so excruciating in a sprint race. My goodness, I love the head of the Charles. I just think oh, it is just that's great. oh my goodness, and I just remember. 
so vividly sitting at the start line there, you know, that whole starting area and looking up and seeing the sit go sign. It's a very, um, uh, it's a landmark in Boston. And just to me, that really typifies, okay, I'm at the head of the Charles there, there it is. And you can see it during also the Boston marathon. So it's really, um, kind of a beacon to me in several of my sports. So I think I'm going to get all choked up when I, you know, look at the sit go sign. Yeah. yeah. Well, and so my, my one bit of unsolicited advice for you is mm-hmm. if you don't, you know, if you lose that perspective and you start worrying about, you know, whatever, what your week coming up or the kids or whatever, say, I am here now. And I swear it'll bring you back. Just tell yourself, I am here now, be here. And I just, I, I mean, cause that's what I did in that Ogden race and it made such a difference. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. am here now. I'm not at mile 20. I'm not, you know, drinking my chocolate milk after the race. I'm not getting on a train to go to my parents' house. I'm here now. Soak mm-hmm. it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I almost, it's almost silly. I mean, in so many races I do, you know, I kind of propel myself in my mind forward. So like, you know, oh, okay, well, life is sucking at mile 17, but eventually I'm going to be at mile 23. I'm already thinking, oh, in Boston, I'll be like, no, I don't want to get to mile 23 because I want to keep experiencing because I really feel, I mean, I just barely, barely made this race. I barely qualified for it. And I don't know, I've been looking at the qualifying times and I think they're, I think (laughs) Barring. Well, you know what? You've got that now. Now one of us is qualified. It doesn't matter. There's no quali- you know, there's no qualifiers on the qualifying. So right. I keep saying Sarah's running Boston, you know, like putting in like, oh, yeah, she's kind of like with this like, attitude, like, oh, yeah, she can run like a 315. No problem. <laughs> I know exactly. And you're going to go back again, Sarah, because I believe in you, sister. I think you've got uh, another BQ in you, right? I I think I do, too. I think I do, too. Sweet. Wait, is that being brash and cocky? Wait, what's going on? (laughs) I'm just kidding. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, but so so I just remember that that episode that that I kept thinking, when are we going to swirl this back to – uh, the topic that we had planned out, the topic, and and it just felt like such a gift for that you gave me, that you allowed me to talk oh. about that and think out loud about it, and um, I think well, that I wanted to hear about it. I mean, that was, I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, I, I love it that you think it was a gift. It was more like, again, my journal. Like, I want to know what's going on, what's going on under your hood, SBS, <laughs> before you hit the big BM, you know, <laughs> which is not a TMI topic. That is Boston Marathon. Right? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So. So that wraps up our first best of episode, episode 100, triple digits for another mother runner. If you want to get more of us, we are on Facebook at Run Like a Mother the Book. Our website is anothermotherrunner.com. On Twitter and Instagram, we are at The Mother Runner. Our books, which started this whole party, are Run Like a Mother and Train Like a Mother. They're available on Amazon as well as on our own site. And uh, whether you're listening to our first show or our last, many happy miles to you. 